Welcome to the Building the Elite Podcast, where we discuss the physical, mental, and emotional aspects of human performance within military special operations by looking at the principles that can help anyone thrive in chaotic and challenging environments. This is Craig from Building the Elite. Metacognition is a fancy word for thinking about thinking. In one study done with Olympic athletes, metacognition was broken into three forms. One, being aware of their goals and how those goals related to specific situations. Two, using specific psychological strategies, such as goal setting, imagery, self-talk, relaxation, and activation, and using those to manage and control their thoughts and visualizations. And then third, being aware of how past experience might shape their present perspective and future predictions. To understand that last point better, as neurological studies of time perception, memory, and visualizations of the future have shown, we don't really imagine a new future for ourselves. Instead, our brain puts together memories of the past, as well as present memories and emotions, to project a future that is actually not innovative or novel at all. This is Jonathan from BTE. To our brains, the future is largely known. It's just a reassembly of what's already happened to us and what we're thinking and feeling right now. For instance, let's say as an athlete, you had trouble learning a particular physical skill, perhaps vertical jumping. And today you're feeling tired and cranky because you had a lousy sleep last night. Right now, in this moment, if asked, do you think you could become a better jumper in the future? you'd probably say no. You'd put your memories of previous jumping failure together with your current lack of energy and lousy mood and project a future story from that of being a poor jumper six months from now. But if you have strong metacognitive skills, you'll recognize that your future projection is not objectively accurate. Another way to look at our inner worlds is through interoception. This is the ability to perceive the internal states of our bodies. More resilient people tend to have a stronger sense of interoception. In other words, they're better at answering the question, how do I feel? Rather than tuning out during physical discomfort, people who score higher in resiliency more accurately sense what is happening and what they're feeling. But they're less emotionally reactive to those sensations. This is due to a lower body prediction error, or the mismatch between how we expect to feel and what actually happens. Our expectation of how hard we think something will be forms the basis of our ongoing assessment of how hard it is. In other words, our rate of perceived exertion, or RPE. More accurate expectations mean better management of RPE. In one study, people were sorted based on resilient personality traits. Then, they underwent brain scans during a stress-inducing experience, restricted breathing. Those in the low-resiliency group showed lower attention to their bodily signals. When they were warned that their breathing might be restricted soon, they were less adept at anticipating what that would feel like. So, once their breathing was compromised, their brains had to scramble to catch up and make sense of what was happening. They were disoriented. The end result was greater demand on internal resources to cope with stressful situations. 
more resilient people had higher levels of awareness of their internal states. They were better at anticipating what an uncomfortable experience would feel like. When presented with a challenge, their brains had less work to do because they weren't caught off guard. What they felt in the moment was exactly how they expected to feel. The physiological feedback caused by restricted breathing was taken in stride and normalized. This highlights the importance of awareness and mindfulness during physical training. The more we can pay attention to what's happening in our bodies, the better we can calibrate our internal sense of exertion and develop non-judgmental self-awareness. This is the ability to feel and accept the sensations of physical stress without emotionally reacting to them. One way to engage in metacognition and think about your thinking is by using something called the 3R drill. The three R's are reimagine, revise, and restore. This drill is a form of visualization, but rather than focusing on future performances, it's a way of reliving past experiences to make them better examples of the skills we want to develop. The climber Alex Honnold is well known for this. If he makes a mistake on a climb, he recalls that moment, visualizes the details of the experience, and then creates a new memory of himself executing the move perfectly and fearlessly. As we discuss in our book, I didn't know how to swim when I began soft selection. I learned by taking the initial screen test and failing it early enough to be sent across the pool to stroke development, where I'd get a lesson. Then once I could swim well enough to pass the 500-yard swim required in that screen test and join the pipeline, I suffered every day in the water until finally graduating after two and a half years. As a student in selection, I would look back over each day and inevitably find moments of weakness where I could have performed just a little bit better. These were often mental factors. I would recall a two-mile ocean swim and think of a particularly low moment where I looked up at a visual marker on the horizon and realized that I'd been swimming off course, veering in the wrong direction and wasting time and energy. Right at that moment, I'd let my stress level spike unnecessarily, and I'd break down in my mind a bit. I'd let myself indulge in negative self-talk, I'd break my steady breathing rhythm, and I'd start swimming with a more choppy, frantic, and unsustainable stroke. Afterward, I'd fixate on that moment and relive it. Here's what I did, and here's what I should have done. I'd visualize myself sighting my target on the horizon realizing I was off course, and then instead of my unproductive stress response, I drop right back into my calm, powerful, or adequate stroke, strong breathing cycle, and well-practiced self-talk routine. I did this so, so many times, and for so many little things. By reliving and mentally practicing them to a better performance standard in my head, I was able to reinforce better reactions in the future when similar issues popped up. Over time, I became smoother, calmer, and more capable. The errors became smaller and less frequent, and when they did crop up, they could be managed almost instantly because I'd already mentally practiced doing so. We have a surprising number of opportunities to do this in training, especially when our practice is done with honest intensity and we look at things with clear, ruthless self-examination. For example, if you've just finished a painful test workout like a max effort 500-meter row, about which the nicest thing you can say is that at least it's only 90 seconds long, 
you'll probably be able to recall the low point in that effort, the precise moment during the worst of the burning and fatigue when you thought that this was all the output that you could possibly sustain. And in retrospect, in that moment, you reflexively shrunk away. You finished the 500 meters and could have done just a little bit more when you hit that wall. Grab that tiny moment. Reimagine, revise, and restore that memory with the effort that you should have brought forth. You will be in that moment again. And by using the 3R drill, you will have created some associations that will help bias you toward the stronger performance that you want. This skill can be applied well outside the realm of being cold, wet, sandy, or swimming less terribly. We learn by making and correcting small errors at the edge of our ability. This drill can be used as a way of facilitating learning and improvement. Think of any situation in your life, particularly if it's likely to be repeated, in which you'd like to get better. Come up with a specific moment, whether it's in the morning rush at work while you were juggling four different urgent tasks, in a tense moment with your partner when you lashed out under stress, or on your daily commute when you spun up with road rage and gave yourself an unnecessary surge of adrenaline and cortisol. Take that moment apart. Reimagine how you could have handled it better and mentally walk yourself through what it would look like to do so. Use this exercise to modify that memory and create a more productive frame of reference. Bit by bit, you can bias your reflexive actions in these moments to be more effective and more closely align what you do with the person that you want to be. That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure and subscribe to the Building the Elite podcast on whatever player or podcast host you prefer. You can find us at buildingtheelite.com where you can learn more or let us know what topics you'd like to hear about in upcoming episodes. We'll see you next time.